0: Hello and welcome to the Relatable Homeschoolers podcast. We're four homeschooling mamas with a combined 32 years of experience homeschooling our 12 kids and our homeschools are anything but Pinterest perfect. Whether you are a veteran homeschooler, a new homeschooler, or just homeschool curious, we want to encourage you in your homeschooling journey and offer you practical tips and tools to make your homeschooling life easier. We're so glad you're here. I'm Harmony Harkema, a work-from-home mom who edits books for a living. I homeschool my two daughters, mainly using the Charlotte Mason approach. I'm a maker. I love to write, cook, knit, sew, and start collaborative projects like this one. I'm a transplant from the Midwest to the Mid-South, where I've lived for the past five years. My co-hosts are Annie Carlson, Heather Gerwing, and Lindsay Hufford.
1: I am Annie Carlson a third-generation farmer on the plains of North Dakota, where I homeschool my three kids, inspired by the Robinson curriculum. I've also been a cook, a pastor, a writer, a speaker, and a former public school science teacher. We spend a lot of time outside with our animals in our garden on the plains.
2: I'm Heather Gerwing, and I have four kids. My two oldest are girls, and my two youngest are boys, and we've homeschooled from the start. My oldest is starting high school this year, which is just crazy, and I don't follow any one homeschooling model, but consider homeschooling more of a way of life. I serve in youth ministry, enjoy reading and writing, and am fueled by strong coffee and Friends Reruns. Hey
3: guys, I'm Lindsay Hufford. I'm a flower farmer living outside of Ann Arbor, Michigan with my husband and three kids. We definitely lean towards the unschooly side of homeschooling. My three kids are in middle and elementary grades and we use an eclectic model of homeschooling with lots of child-led learning. In our homeschool, kitchen dancing counts as PE and you can never read enough books. When I'm not homeschooling, you can find me walking or biking the dirt roads or chasing after chickens and my kids.
0: Welcome, everybody, to the Relatable Homeschoolers. We're so happy you're here. I'm Harmony, and we want to talk a little bit in this first episode about how we all came to be in homeschooling. It's an interesting time for homeschooling with the coronavirus. We're recording this as cases are still climbing, and we're aware that there are parents who are thinking about homeschooling who might not otherwise be thinking about homeschooling. And so we just want to share a little bit about how each of us came to homeschool, because our journey might speak to yours in some way. Lindsay, do you want to start? Sure, I'm Lindsay. We
3: have been homeschooling from the start. My kids are now just about to turn 12, 10, and 7. And it was never our intention to homeschool before my husband and I had kids. Our plan was for both of us to be working. Uh, the kids would go to daycare when they were young, and then most likely public school when they were older. But we had some friends in Kentucky when we lived there who were homeschooling. And it intrigued us when our oldest got to be about school age, about four, we just noticed that we thought school might not be the best fit for him. He was already starting to read. He also took two hour naps every day until he was six. So the combination of already reading and then being really tired a lot of the time and taking naps, we thought that would probably be a really bad combination for his kindergarten teacher because he would be bored and possibly overtired, which in our mind, we thought that might lead to disciplinary issues. Uh, Homeschool co-op was opening in our town, so we decided to give it a try at four with the thought that if it was a complete fail, we would just send him to kindergarten the next year. Uh, Really without much hesitation, we really haven't looked back. It's been a great fit for our family. And the thing I think we enjoy most about homeschooling is the increased family time together.
2: Hi, I'm Heather, and I agree with Lindsay about the family time. We started homeschooling from the beginning, too. And it wasn't something, you know, prior to kids that we had talked about or thought we would. But when I was pregnant, I was between jobs. So I actually took a substitute teaching position at our public school system. I substituted a couple times a week through kindergarten all the way through high school classes. During that time, every time I walked into a school, I began to get a conviction of this wasn't where my kids were supposed to be and i'm not bashing public schools at all i think you know it's a personal choice for everyone but it was just something that every time i walked through those doors i i got a sense that this is not your route and it was very confusing for me because it's what i had thought would be our route our plan was for me to go back to work too and here i was you know not sure and then just through those infant years and preschool years we didn't send our kids to preschool or anything i just did teaching them you know little things here at home, and I, I met someone through a MOPS group, and she was talking about homeschooling, and just the more I talked with her about it and the idea of it, and I, I broached it to my husband saying, hey, I think I want to homeschool, and he wasn't on board at first, but he thought I had the ability to homeschool kindergarten, so he let me do that, and then just from there, every year, we just take it year by year, and now he's fully on board. I think if I ever said I didn't want to, he would try to talk me out of it because he just sees um, the benefits that homeschooling has brought to our family.
1: I'm Annie, and I am a former public school science teacher. I taught for five years in the public school system, coached basketball and track, science olympiad, was completely invested in the public school system. I am the daughter of public school teachers, and so there was no doubt that my kids were going to public school. We were never going to homeschool, ever. And Took our oldest to her preschool screening, her kindergarten screening. The first thing they asked her to do was throw a ball. The rule in our house was always we don't throw balls inside. So she didn't throw the ball and failed that station. Then they had her do a cutting activity. She had always struggled with the safety scissors, you know, trying to cut paper as most kids do. So I'd always let her use good scissors to cut paper with supervision, of course. But they gave her the child safety scissors and she got frustrated and cut the dinosaur in half. And so she failed that one. What was the other one? Anyway, she failed three out of the six stations. I was told that she could not attend kindergarten because she was not ready. And I thought, you absolutely do not know my daughter. So that was the impetus, the spark that kind of lit the homeschooling flame, so to speak. They really did not know what she could do. There was no chance to redo those things, to talk to her about them. We looked at the preschools in our area, and we live in a rural area, so there aren't a lot of options. They were $20 per day. And I said to John, do you know what I could do with 100 bucks a week? Oh my gosh. So like Heather, we took it year by year. Like I'm keeping her home for preschool. I'm keeping her home for kindergarten. And now she's going into the sixth grade, and we're still keeping her home for sixth grade. So the other two just followed along. But it was that kindergarten screening that kind of lit the fire for us, that they really didn't know my kids. That was our first nudge into thinking about homeschooling.
0: This is so interesting because we are all kind of homeschoolers out of happenstance, and nobody went into it with some big plan. I was a public school teacher like Annie, taught English to high school and middle school students for a long time, 10, 10 years altogether, I think, with long-term subbing positions. And so I just always assumed my kids would go to public school. It never even entered my mind. And then my sister is a military wife and had two. her two oldest boys were little. They were living overseas in the Azores. There was a base school there, but she really just was not ready to let them go. And so she said, I'm, I'm going to homeschool. And she really had no plan in mind. She was just like, we're going to learn ABCs and sing songs. And so she went ahead of me And I kind of got to watch her doing this. And then I was watching that enjoyment kind of unfold in front of me of her having the boys at home. And it was just captivating. And I didn't have any children of my own yet. So I didn't know how I was going to feel as a mom. But that was definitely the first inspiration. And then when my husband and I uh, were engaged, my colleague who was a pastor and also worked in the Christian publishing house that I worked for. His wife was homeschooling and they were living in the United States just for a limited amount of time, but we asked him to do our wedding ceremony. So we spent some time with them for premarital counseling and they had two daughters at the time. They now have two two boys as well. So they have four kids. I remember going to their house and these two little girls being incredibly well-spoken and well-read. I remember talking with them about The Chronicles of Narnia. And they were maybe five and six at the time. They were very small, but she had just been reading them all these wonderful books. And as an English teacher, and um, now I'm a book editor, I just have a great love for books. And I was so impressed by that. And I was like, wow, this is amazing. And so she talked to me a bit about homeschooling. And then as the wedding got closer, at some point, we talked some more. And she explained to me that she was using a method called Charlotte Mason, and that Charlotte Mason had been sort of the founder of homeschooling in the UK. And she gave me this little book, a little thin volume called A Charlotte Mason Education. And it gave me a vision for what a homeschool education could look like. Something really rich with the arts and classical music. Things that I didn't get in public school growing up because there just wasn't time for it. I mean, we had music class and we sang folk songs and things like that. But reading really strong literature from a very young age and sort of having your your home life infused with truth, goodness, and beauty in a way that I had never thought about before. And I still wasn't sure my kids were going to be homeschooled. And then God just really kind of opened the door for that. I worked in a corporate job in a publishing house. I had left education. I had been in my publishing job for a couple of years. And I got married and my husband got accepted to graduate school in another state. I applied to work from home. Right after I did that, I found out that we were going to have a baby. So from day one, I was working from home and I've worked from home ever since. And so I just figured out one year at a time how to fit homeschooling in with a full-time job. I don't have a commute. I have some flexibility. You know, kids get up early. We flex out our homeschool. And so this is just where we've been. And so I've been homeschooling my daughter now for five years. So we're in our fifth year and now my younger one is also going to homeschool. But yeah, it was nothing I ever expected to be doing. So we're here as a group, too. We're not a homeschool collective. We live in different places around the country. Lindsay and Heather are sort of neighbors in the Detroit area, but we're all spread out. And we just kind of came together sort of randomly. We didn't come together for any homeschooling purpose. We're all in a mastermind writing group together. We like to talk about homeschooling. And somehow conversation comes around that way a lot because it's a big part of our lives in addition to creativity and getting words on paper. We saw a need and we just felt like this is a season where we all really want to encourage people who are considering homeschooling to do that, to explore the option, especially in this climate where kids are not able to be in in a normal public school setting right now. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about why we're all still with homeschooling. Some of us have been in this for a lot of years. Heather, your oldest is going into high school already, so you're entering year nine or ten. So why are we still here? We've we've all been doing this pretty much from the get-go and didn't really expect to be here, but what are we doing
2: here? Heather, do you want to talk a little bit about that? Why are you still here? Sure. I'm here because it works and the benefits that our family reap from homeschooling. It's just been a positive part of our family life, having our kids at home, our kids, the four of them, they're 14, 12, 10, and eight. The two oldest are girls and the two youngest are boys. And don't get me wrong, they fight like cats and dogs sometimes, but also the bond that they share, I don't think that they would have if they were in different schools all day long. Homeschooling has given us the flexibility to have our evenings together as a family. My kids participate in homeschool athletics, but it's all for the most part during the day. The girls go to a homeschool ballet studio. The boys do do soccer, but it's one night a week. And it's just the family time that we have together is, small sometimes I will say it's nerve wracking. It is also just a huge blessing. And the fact that I can see my kids and see how they learn, see how they comprehend things and see what drives them, intrigues them, I can reroute our homeschooling. To accommodate those, use their strength. I don't think they would get that in a normal school setting, right? They're not gonna get an individualized plan for their learning of how they learn best and how they can grow, how they can be motivated to learn when they're in a classroom with a lot of other kids. It's just worked for us. Like I said, we take it year by year. It's just always been something. That yes, it's still working. You know, I always got the question from, you know, late elementary to middle school Are you going to homeschool high school? Are you going to homeschool high school? Well, I don't know. We'll see what high school looks like. And I can't believe that we're already here and that my oldest is starting ninth grade. But yes, the answer is yes, we're homeschooling high school. I can't say today whether we'll make it all four years, but for now, it still works. And she still wants to be homeschooling, and our family life is thriving. So why give that up? Annie, what about you? What are you still doing here?
1: I get that question all the time, too. And my (laughs) oldest is 12. Like, what are you going to do about high school? And I look at people and like, I am a high school teacher. I can't wait for high school. Teaching them to read about drove me crazy. I am not a preschool teacher. I am not a kindergarten teacher. I'm not trained that way. And so I'm very excited for high school. Similar to Heather, we keep doing it because of the family relationships that we have. People comment all the time on my kids, like, wow, your kids actually get along. And the short, quippy answer is they kind of have to. We farm full-time. We have a very busy farm. You're not going to help your sister carry buckets of feed if she was mean to you earlier. You get along so that you can work together. The reason I continue to homeschool, is primarily academic, my kids are self-paced in their learning. We school year round. People always ask like, oh, why are you going to be done with school? Uh, no. So whenever they finish one level, they just move to the next one. And if they need to spend more time on a particular subject or a particular aspect, um, we have the freedom to do that. And they can really get it before we move on. That's called teaching for mastery. And that's what I want. I want my kids to master concepts. When I was a classroom teacher, I didn't have time to do that. I had 25 to 30 kids in a ninth grade physical science classroom. I don't have time to wait until everybody gets it before we would move on to the next topic. Teaching at home, allowing my kids to move at their own pace, to be inspired by different things, is to be delighted in their learning, to look forward to it rather than, oh, do I have to go to school today? Just is worth it for us. We can provide academic rigor. We don't have to teach to the middle of the class like I did in the classroom. I can challenge my kids to go farther, to stretch academically. I can teach in a way that's developmentally appropriate. Like I said, I was a high school teacher. So coming to early childhood education, I spent a lot of time researching, you know, theory and pedagogy and how do you teach littles. Everything I was reading was just in stark contrast to the K through two standards. And so I happened to mention that to a neighbor of mine. She's a kindergarten teacher at our local school. And I said, I'm just not seeing developmental appropriate standards here. There's just a big conflict between what's developmentally appropriate for these small children and what the K-2 through standards are saying. And she said, welcome to my world. I love that I can be developmentally appropriate for my kids teach to their strengths and challenge their weaknesses. And the fact we're we're a farm, we have busy seasons and we have slow seasons. And so we can take a week off when it's time to plant the garden or butcher chickens. We can take that week off of school and I don't have to write a note. I don't have to ask permission. My kids have done school on Christmas Eve. Mom, when are grandpa and grandma coming? Not until about 1230. Well, then we can do math. "Uh, Okay, you can do math. So it just lets us go with the rhythm of our life rather than a school system dictating what our schedule will be.
0: Yeah, I totally get that. And I've had people ask, things like how do you assign grades? And of course, I know when you get to the point where you need a transcript for college applications where you have to do something about grades and we can talk about that. We're going to cover high school in a later episode. But I would always just say I don't do grades because we just work on it until she gets it and then we move forward. And that's the beauty of being able to do that. You have that freedom to slow down or speed up as needed. And I think that's a gift for sure. Lindsay,
3: what about you? I have to say something really quick about what you said about grades. It's so funny. I saw something once that said, a homeschool kid can never fail a math test because the teacher will always make you redo the work, right? So it's kind of like that teaching for mastery Annie was talking about. I have to say a lot of the reasons that we have continued to homeschool just echo what Heather and Annie have already said. The year that my oldest would have gone to kindergarten if we homeschooled him was the same year we had our youngest son. I have just thought over and over that, for 40 hours a week for 36 hours a year for eight years. Those boys have been together when they otherwise would have been not because they would have been in school. Our oldest would have been in school for several years before our youngest would have gone. Our kids get along great. People comment on that as well. I think it was especially eye-opening when we were under stay-at-home orders during the pandemic. They even shot to me a little bit by how well they got along. They're best friends, really. Right now, actually, my husband is home too. So really, it feels like we're all kind of in this homeschooling thing together because he's working from home. And then also the self-paced learning. I mentioned earlier that my oldest was reading at four. Well, my middle child, my daughter has dyslexia. So reading has been much more of a challenge for her. I think often about if she would have been in a public school classroom with 20 plus kids, the struggles she would have had. And I actually asked her the other day why she wanted to keep homeschooling. One of the things she said was, I don't get stressed out from tests because even if I have a test at home, I know that you'll help me see where my mistakes were and I don't get a grade. So that's a big value for her. I think also just being able to learn about really different things, follow my kids' interests. We talk a lot about social justice issues in our family. Using a really diverse curriculum is a big value for me. And that's something I've been able to do because I choose what we read versus having it handed to me from an outside source. To follow their lead, my oldest is really interested in coding right now, so he's doing a lot of coding programs on Khan Academy and things like that. Also, like Heather mentioned, just the family time because our evenings are usually free. We do some homeschool activities during the day as well, and I will say living in the metro Detroit area, there are so many activities that we could fill our schedule from sunup to sundown if we wanted to, but because our family enjoys a slower pace of life, we choose to limit those. We have so many options around here that aren't available to kids who are in school all day. We try to take advantage of those things when we can.
0: All right. So let's talk a little bit about rubbing in this for a while. We've kind of learned that When you're homeschooling, and I think it's taken time to figure this out, it becomes about so much more than just academics. So we've all had to retrain our brains a little bit, especially Annie and I were public school teachers, and we came into this with probably a lot of preconceived notions about what education and standards and learning is supposed to look like. And I know for me, my view of learning has changed and expanded. One of the things that really inspired me early on, it was a book I'd read as a little girl, Understood Betsy by Dorothy Canfield Fisher. Um, downstairs on my basement show. It is the story of a little girl who is brought up in the city in a big public school with lots of kids and always feels lost in the shuffle. And she goes to live with some relatives in Vermont and she's on this farm and she, they send her to this one room schoolhouse and she comes in and the teacher assesses her and she kind of figures out that she's in a higher level, a higher grade, if you will, than what she was in the public school for reading. And she's in a lower grade for math. And she says to the teacher, what grade am I? And the teacher says, you're not a grade. You're you, you're Betsy. That was so profound to me when I went back and read that book again as an adult. And I was like, I remember this. And this is the wonder of homeschooling is that your children just get to be themselves. And I realized like in public education, you have to have some kind of a system in place. They have to have some kind of markers to decide when do kids move forward. Like Annie said, you, you have to teach to the middle of the class because you, you can only specialize so much when you have 28 kids. God bless teachers um, who are doing this every day. And so with homeschooling, you get to just branch beyond that. But as I began to homeschool, and I started with my daughter a little early, she was Eager to read. She was an early reader when she was four, and we started working on sight words and a little bit of memory work and stories and fables and fairy tales and things like that were what we began with. And she was so hungry for more, but she also wanted to bake and she wanted to do things hands on and make a mess with paint. And I started to see planting flowers in the garden. We planted our first little vegetable garden and she helped me pick the plants and dig everything. And there was so much learning in that watching plants grow and tomatoes become red on the vine you know, measuring flour for muffins and all of that. Homeschooling becomes something I think that's more holistic. It's just broader than textbooks. Well, and
1: I think homeschooling allows you as if you, if it's a lifestyle for you, it allows your kids to pursue their own interests as far as they want to take it. A lot of little kids love dinosaurs, you know, and they know all the dinosaurs and then they go to school and they kind of forget about dinosaurs. Because there's so much else they have to focus on. In homeschooling as a lifestyle, you can let them follow that as far as they want to go. And so if it's just, I want to learn all the names of the dinosaurs and then they're done. Great. Now let's move on to something else. My son is soon to be 11 and is a military historian. He probably knows more about military history than just about any adult I know. Uh, I read the book D-Day by Stephen Ambrose because I love my son. And Henry was just eager with anticipation during our reading time. Mom, have you gotten to Rommel's favorite type of tank? (laughs) Rommel has a favorite type of tank? In my high school classroom, the kids learned what I was able to teach them. In my homeschool, we have the time and the resources to just take the wheels and go. We have a ton of military history books in the library. Henry is self-educating himself because I can't keep up with him. I can't read ahead of him and make sure everything's entirely appropriate. I'll flip through it. I'll check authors and stuff. If it's an author that I've read before and trusted, then I have no qualms about it. But I can't keep in front of him. He can pursue this as long as he wants to. If that means a PhD from West Point in military history, great. If it means at the end of the summer, he's done with it, great. We'll move on to something else he's interested in. And I love that my kids have the time and the freedom to pursue those things.
3: Yeah, when we started homeschooling, I would say we were doing school at home and not homeschooling. I vividly remember our first official day of homeschooling. I had this little room set up. I had my little bookshelf and a math curriculum. How many
1: of us had desks at one point?
0: Oh yeah, oh yeah, I had had a desk, like the like the old school school desks, like kids' school desks. Uh, Yeah, we had them,
1: and uh, I
2: had a. I didn't have school desks, but our first year of homeschooling, I made my daughter stand up and recite the Pledge of Allegiance. That's exactly what I was going to say. Our first day, (laughs) I had a little
3: flag from the dollar store and put our hand on our heart and said the pledge because it's so ingrained in me from public school that that's how you start your school day. And now it's, it's so different. We definitely are homeschooling, which means you do math, on your bed or two of my kids just wake up and the first thing they do, they have breakfast and then they do math. Now my tween, he's like, you know, a little harder to get going in the morning. So he might do a few other things before he does math, but they really just kind of pace themselves. They're learning about what they want to learn about. And I think that when I think of homeschooling now, I just think of curiosity and we just, as a family have learned to be really curious about the world and have learned so many different things because of that
1: yeah I think there's a big difference between school at home and homeschooling yeah a lot of us default to starting with school at home because like you said Lindsay it's what we know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And it's comfortable. I was a student, so this is what school is. And the longer that I go, and I was a teacher, this is what I did. Everybody sat in a desk because I needed to keep 28 of you from lighting something on fire in the science (laughs) lab. So it seemed like we should all have our space and we should all be doing our work at this particular dedicated space. And my youngest, I do not think she ever actually sat in the chair. She normally perched on top of the desk and did her schoolwork. And I thought, this is dumb. Like, they're doing it, like you said, Lindsay, on their bed, on the couch, in my bed, out on the trampoline, in the hammock, mm-hmm. on the mm-hmm. porch, whatever. I have a picture of my daughter
3: upside down hanging from like a trapeze thing in our yard reading upside down. Oh yeah.
1: <laughs> and it just opens up the realm of possibility and mm-hmm. frees us from our school at home box. Mm-hmm.
2: I definitely had the whole school at home approach ingrained in me starting off too. Like I didn't have the school desk. I wanted them. I really wanted them, but I didn't have them. But I had the whole area set up with clocks and a calendar and a map and the bookshelf. We had a routine that we went through every morning with the Pledge of Allegiance and our calendar. And when my, my girls were young, they were like four and five. And I would do this calendar time with them. And I was like, you know, your days of the week and your months of the year. <laughs> And everything. And then last year my seven year old, my youngest, I was like, Buddy, do
0: you know the days of the week
2: chat? You would always <laughs> ask me like, What day? And well, how many days is that? And I'm like, I think I need to teach that day <laughs> I'm glad I'm not the only one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not doing that like rigid that I had starting out. And not that I'm not teaching, he's learning, but that's just one of those core things that I did as a routine because I thought I had to teach it when I was first starting out. And then just by the fourth kid, you throw the rigid routine out the window and then you're like, oh yeah. you need to learn that though.
0: I remember when my oldest was about to go into kindergarten and I was curious, I wanted to see what the kindergarten requirements were. And one of them was that you had to know your address and your phone number. And I was like, she she doesn't know any of this. She doesn't know our phone numbers. She doesn't even know how to operate a cell phone or turn it on. We don't have a landline. I thought, well, shoot, we probably should do that because if there was ever an emergency or something happened and she had no knowledge of where she lives. So sometimes the public school elements do count. And I think it is fair to say there is a school of thought for homeschooling that is called school at home. And there are people who use a textbook approach. I know, especially for science, there are some families who find that if you can get a good textbook where the language is engaging and the information is really interesting, lots of pictures, kids can thrive in that kind of an environment. I think what we want to get across here is that you don't have to be held to that. There are so many more possibilities, but if that's where you're comfortable beginning, a lot of families begin there and some stay there and have great success with it because they're still working with their kids one-on-one. They're still in the home environment and they're able to make it work for them. So school at home is a, is a, the way that some people choose to go. I just think none of us have really chosen to go that route or to stay that route.
3: Yeah, I would say that for the most part, I tend to lean a little on the unschooling side. I feel like every year I've homeschooled, I've just become a little more relaxed and a little more relaxed. But there are some things that I do still use workbooks for, which is a very school-at-home approach. Because for grammar and math, that is what has worked for my kids. And I think that's the beauty of it, right, is because it's worked, it's stayed. But things like saying the pledge every morning just really didn't have a lot of value for for our family. So we've moved on from that.
0: Or sitting at a desk and ringing a bell Correct. and it's recess and everybody lined up to go to the bathroom. You know that That's wonderful, isn't it? Everybody can just go to the bathroom when they need to. Like, you don't have to have a pass. You don't have to convince the teacher, I really do have to pee again. You just can go to the bathroom when you need to. I've oh my gosh. I've seen those
2: passes at the Target dollar spot though, and I've kind of wanted to get them just, to- just for fun. Like just, to,
0: just to pull a joke on your kids. Yes. Yeah, That would be fun, wouldn't it?
1: Could you imagine how yeah. they would be like, what? What is this? They My kids they were know. never so mad at me as they were when our neighbor boys told them that at public school, they get recessed uh. and it happened at the same time every day. And it didn't matter if you were done with your work or not. You still got to go out and play. And they came home and they were like, "Mom, did you know that in public school, they get recess? <laughs> uh, yes. Yes. I did know that. Well, how come we don't get recess? your whole life is recess. (laughs) So now they asked the mom, really, can we have recess? I said, yes, you may have recess. I said, how long do you want your recess to be? Well, the neighbor boys, they told us that it's 15 minutes. Great. 15 minutes. That is your recess. Whatever. If that's what you want.
2: What what happened after 15 minutes? (laughs)
1: Yeah. Then mom went to the porch and called for you to come in and you felt so good because you got recess, whatever.
2: My kids hate when schools get snow days because unless it falls on our co-op day, they don't get snow days. But then I remind them that they get, you know, traveling out of state to visit grandparent days. And, you know, when parents or grandparents are visiting, they get those days off. Just the flexibility homeschool allows in that sense for us because we're transplants here in Michigan and we don't have any family here. So a lot of times we will take advantage of traveling throughout the school year to visit family or in January this year, we went to Disney when, you know, it was low crowd. We didn't have our co-op back started yet. So it was the perfect time for our family to go. Just the flexibility there that we have with the calendar year. Annie, you you said, school year round. We kind of do too. I give my kids the month of July off. But other than that, we're always doing something right. We're either reading and talking about something, you know, I don't let them go the whole summer without doing math because they need it or they'll lose it.
1: Yeah, we also do not take snow days. We will take Sundays. We do the same. Amen. And uh, here in North Dakota, we have to take our trampoline down in the winter. And so when the first snow is imminent, we will take the trampoline down. In the spring, we put it up. And trampoline day is a school holiday. <laughs> That's
0: awesome. I want to just say there's a lot of flexibility for all of us. Everybody's here has got some kind of commitment. Heather does a lot of volunteer work. Annie's runs a farm. She also works outside the home serving part-time as a pastor at her church and in local grocery store as a, as a baker. And Annie, you've had a, you had a catering business at one time too, and you were catering and had a food truck and running the farm and homeschooling and it was all working together. So basically we all feel like if you want to do this, you can find a way to do it (laughs) because, you know, I think when we come out of poke School, there's a school of thought, I guess, about something called Schooling? Where when you're if you're withdrawing your child from public school, which a lot of you did this year without choice, if you're listening to this and you're a you are someone who has been homeschooling because of the pandemic, you just take a break from any kind of structure, read some good books, listen to music, stay in pajamas late into the day, bake cookies, you know, be together, embrace the home life with just some enrichment time so that you can sort of get away from that school bell driven puzzle that everybody lives in when you're in the public school. It's almost like a detox. They call it deschooling, schooling like detoxing from public school so that you can relax a little bit, let the tension come out of your muscles and the pressure of trying to keep up or do something super structured. Lindsay runs her own business. I work full-time from home. We all have found ways to make this work. And part of it too, is that We tend to think of public school like this is eight hours a day. We forget that the public school system as we know it now came into being around the time of the industrial revolution because people needed to send their kids away and women were going into the workforce. They needed a school year and that the school year also was the way it is because, and and we had summers off because we were mainly an agrarian nation. If you can find a way to tap into the freedoms available, you can, like Annie was talking about, you can school year round and you can take winter time off if you run a or summer time off if you run a farm some people school in the calendar year they start in january and end in december and that is their school year instead of schooling from you know august to to june or may or however you want to do it every state has different requirements so if you're new to this too it's really helpful to check into what does your state say you need to do, like I'm in Tennessee and all we have to do is log 180 days. We just have to keep track of like attendance and hand that into the school system. And there are lots of organizations out there that can help you too called umbrella schools. And just know that if you have a vision, you can find ways to make it work. And working one-on-one, I mean, in a a public school classroom, math lesson takes an hour sometimes. But if you're working with your child one-on-one, it might take 10 minutes. You're not going to spend eight hours doing school. Now, if you have eight kids, you might spend eight hours doing school, but... for the average, you know, family with a few kids. And as they get older, and I think Lindsay and Annie and Heather can probably all attest to this, they become more independent and self-driven and they're working on their own and coming to you for help. And there's a lot less oversight required because they learn to take ownership of their education. There's a pride in it and and a passion for it that comes with that.
2: Yeah, for sure. My high schooler, you know, I had a prior to that, she was in middle school and I have another daughter in middle school. Really once they hit those ages, very little of it am I actually teaching them physically one-on-one. We go to a co-op once a week, so they get a lot of their core classes and education there from other teachers, other moms. But when they get home, they know their work that they have to do. And if they have questions with something, sure, they come to me. I'm not understanding this. They do do their math at home with an online curriculum. So I will say learning algebra the second time around is really fun. But it's coming back to me and I'm able to help work through those problems when she doesn't understand it. Just the other day, I was like, okay, we need to get both x's on the same side of the equation and working through it. But it's more of like mentorship. Or, you know, as helping them. They take on their own education.
3: Yeah, I would agree. Like my oldest is going into seventh grade. We were considering Putting him in public school this year just because he was ready for a different experience. But then with the COVID-19 pandemic, our plans have changed because we don't want a pandemic school year to be his first experience with schooling. That was his choice too. Unless he's learning a new concept in math or maybe a new tricky thing in grammar, he just gets up and he knows what his he needs to do next for his assignments. A lot of his core subjects he's able to do on his own. We still do something called morning time with our family. So a lot of our literature, we read poetry together. We have faith devotional time together in the mornings, mostly in the mornings. My kids joke that sometimes we shouldn't call it morning time because sometimes we don't actually get around to it until the afternoon. <laughs> We've started calling it meeting time instead because then it's not time bound. But a lot of, even my daughter who will be going into fifth grade, is pretty independent. That's really great. It allows me then to work with my youngest who's going into second grade because he is still not really sure he wants to be doing schoolwork yet. We're following his lead, making sure we stay consistent with a little bit of math and a little bit of reading. And it gives me the flexibility to do that because the older kids have taken charge of a lot of their own education.
1: Yeah, we use the Robinson curriculum as our inspiration and it's self-taught. My kids go at their own pace. It's literature rich, which was important to us. It's focused on reading, writing, and mathematics. So, if, if you can read well, you can teach yourself just about anything. If you can write well, you can communicate with just about anyone. If you can do mathematics, you can figure out just about anything. So, we do heavy on the core. My kids have asked for things. My two older ones are both good readers now, and they said, Mom, can we get some spelling? Is that there a book to help us with spelling uh yeah we can do spelling you know we do a lot of copy work which helps with spelling and grammar and they just wanted some extra help with spelling so all right well here's some spelling and then my younger one similar to yours Lindsay, has just decided when she will learn to read and she is nine and just now has turned it on keep in mind this is the baby that refused to let me spoon feed her she <laughs> will do it on her own at her own pace And when she is ready, no one will stop her. It's been that way with everything. And so I didn't know why I thought reading would be any different with her. And I've just learned to back off. She will learn. And I said to her, well, don't you want to be able to read signs and read things? And what will you do if if mom's not there? And she's like, well, I'll just ask the other two. I'm the baby. I don't need to know how to read. They'll read it for me. And now she wants to read. And boom, we're off and running. And now we're into chapter books. Being willing to wait for your kids is the hardest thing I've had to do. You look at the standards and practices and you look at what every nine-year-old should know and you're like, oh my gosh, she doesn't know this. They will and they'll learn it quickly. It's like when they were walking. We don't take a three-month-old baby and start doing walking practice with them because you're going to need to learn to walk someday. We wait till they're ready and some of our babies walked at eight months and some of our babies walked at 18 and they're fine and I just have to keep reminding myself that the same thing happens with their learning. Some are ready early and some are ready late and it doesn't matter. They'll get there.
0: It's been so great being with you guys today and thanks everyone who's been listening for hanging in there with us as we fumble our way through our first episode here at the Relatable Homeschoolers. We want to wrap up every episode with a question. What is saving your homeschool right now? Lindsay, what's saving your homeschool right now? I think the Hoopla
3: app is saving my homeschool right now. So if you're not familiar with Hoopla, it's a digital lending service that's offered through libraries. It's really heavy on audiobooks. So all of my kids are really into audiobooks. We've had a really long streak of hot weather here in Michigan, which is unseasonal for this time of year. It's been in the mid-90s. My kids in the afternoon are just kind of really tired and hot. So everybody can just go in their room with their audiobook. And you can even ask Alexa, if you have an Alexa, to read your audiobook out loud to you so you can just chill on your bed and listen to your book. When they listen to their books, I get to listen
0: to my books.
1: Danny, what about you? What is saving my homeschool right now is my Thursday afternoons off of the farm. For the second year in a row, I purchased water park passes for my three kids and myself. And every Thursday afternoon, we spend at the water park. So it's a great um, That's awesome. reward, so celebration. Um, my kids normally need to have their schoolwork done by Saturday evening. And that gives them all day Sunday off. And then they start again on Monday morning with some new work. But now they need to have it done by Wednesday evening so that they can go to the water park on Thursday. People often ask me, how do you get your kids to do school in the summer? Well, first, they don't know any different. Second of all, (laughs) we have season passes to the water park. Heather, what about you?
2: Right now, summer vacation. We are enjoying beach days and traveling to see family, and we're getting ready to go camping. Taking the break, getting ready to start back up. Summer, sun, fun.
0: Well, I have reinstituted an afternoon rest time. We kind of got away from that for a while. And it's one of those things where it's like, why were we not doing this? And so a few days ago, I just started realizing it's this time of year. It's really, it gets really humid in Memphis. We sort of reverse hibernate. We all come out in the winter and, you know, in heavy sweatshirts. (laughs) Although native Memphians wear heavy winter coats like they're in Michigan, but we, you know, we're out in our fleeces. And so in the summer, we're just like bottled up in the house because it's intolerable. And everyone gets crabby and starts picking at each other. And I'm like, okay, you can pick four books and get on your bed and you stay there for an hour. And if Ray falls asleep, great. And if not, that's all right. We got an hour of peace and everyone comes out rejuvenated and ready to ready to go at the rest of the day. Huge, huge help this time of year.
2: All right, ladies, it's been great being with you. Thanks. You too. Yes. It's been great. Looking forward to the next one.
0: Well, thanks everybody for being here. We will put links to all the resources and websites we mentioned in the show notes. So you can find those at therelatablehomeschoolers.com. We also would love to hear from you. We would love to answer your questions. You can email us at therelatablehomeschoolers at gmail.com and we will have some time answering questions on future episodes. Thanks for being with us today.